0: What's up, everybody? It's Joe Puma. You were listening. You're watching the Complex Sneaker Show. As always, I'm joined by my two co hosts. First off to my right, Mr. Matt Welty. Nice little
1: rainy Friday, but you know.
0: Did a double header this week. Yep. To my left, fresh off the jet. <laughs> Mr. Brendan Dunn. Hi, Short I'm trip, tired. but he's here. I'm
2: tired, man. You
0: got your pajama pants? Those aren't pajama pants though. <laughs> Those are cozy Those boys are though. Pajama
2: pants. Recipe to pop. Oh. Sorry, that's a super insider thing, but a brand that I quite loved that just shuttered last week. But. Oh, wow. Sorry to hear that.
0: Yeah. What's going on? This is the second episode that we shot this week.
2: Right. You're hearing it, watching yes. it on a normal week.
0: Absolutely. And I don't know if we want to get into it now. Some news broke right after we filmed. Yeah. The episode that was out last week.
2: Yeah, that's a funny thing that happens where you're sitting down recording an episode and you get out of mm-hmm. a, the recording and you have five tweets from people being like, "Oh my yeah.
0: god, did you see this? Did you see this?"
2: Mm-hmm. What we're talking about here is the bust in L.A. The sneaker bust. LAPD says they seized five million dollars worth of sneakers from a couple warehouses there. They arrested one, Roy Lee Harvey Jr., for his alleged involvement in this. And they didn't mention in anywhere that Project Blitz mm-hmm. was the place where they got the sneakers from. But if you look at the photos, you can see that this happened at Project Blitz in terms of where they got the shoes from. Nobody from Project Blitz has been accused of any wrongdoing. Mm-hmm. Uh, nobody's been charged with anything. Mm-hmm. And they they did update their site. It says, we'll be right back right now. And it's kind of like a confirmation that, yeah, this, this happened They're there. Involved. And, I guess just like a little background
1: on Project Blitz just to set the... Stage. You can obviously go listen to the podcast yes. that we did with uh, Project Blitz founder, Trey Andre Lustina, mm-hmm. a.k.a. Croatian style um, from Nike Talk Internet days. But it's Project Blitz is kind of anomaly in the sense that it's not flight club. It's not stadium goods. It's not even your local consignment store, but it is a resale shop
0: Yes, that isn't public facing. It's like a private can- shopping experience for
1: a lot of celebrities. Yeah, super rare. Drake, uh, Travis Scott, mm-hmm. etc. When Travis was wearing all the Nike SB stuff early on, mm-hmm. they were the supplier for it.
2: Uh, Basically, thing, by appointment only shopping. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And Dre is one of the people who's been in sneaker reselling for the longest. He has legendary stories, again, like you yep. mentioned, uh, that we spoke to him about the Paris Nike SB Dunks. Yes. I think, all, all. I think
1: he's one of the few people, too, that really... Uh, walks the line between reseller and collector okay Okay. you know where it's like he's a reseller but he's also known for the vault which has all these rare space jam 11s the shoes
2: that Michael Jordan wore in space. Yeah, samples. Yeah. Yes. And again, we're just giving the background mm-hmm. info mm-hmm. on this. Dre is not charged with anything. Nobody from Project Blitz is charged with His name wasn't even mentioned. And... Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. If you read the LAPD report, which is all that anybody's going off of right now, as far as I could tell, aside from some rumors mm-hmm. and bits of info floating around, it said that they were working with Nike's head of global security to crack this case mm-hmm. and other detectives. To me, this looks more like Nike going after people who are stealing Nike shoes on a supply chain level, maybe from spots like Memphis, from distribution centers. Going after the guy who sold the shoes, et cetera, right? Yeah, he's the one. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Instead of Project Blitz itself. I don't read this as Nike going after the resale shops or the people who are at the end of that chain reselling the sneakers. I read this more as like Nike looking at the problem that we know is a thing because we see all these hordes of sneakers that pop up early and they can only come from so many places so to me this is nike trying to solve the problem of sneakers getting stolen from warehouses warehouses and things like that that's what that's what i believe looking at it from a high level and just listening to a little bit of the chatter for people who are kind of aware
1: it kind of reminds you of i think maybe we even referenced it here on the past but like if anyone ever watched the tv show pawn stars back in the day when you know, people would come in to sell things to the shop to for them to sell. And they'd always have to ask them, is this stolen merchandise? Or if they had a feeling that it was stolen merchandise. Not because mm. they would get arrested for having the stolen merchandise. But if the cops found out, they know they would come, just seize the goods, and then they'd be out whatever they, they paid for it. Yeah.
2: I mean, I have to speculate, pure speculation, that it's going to be pretty difficult for Project Blitz to recoup if this is actual $5 million worth of product that they're missing. Especially because you think about... There are certain sneakers in there that they reference. They don't say specifically what the shoes are, but Mm -hmm. they say, oh, there's prototypes and samples and things like that. Any given resale shop that has high-end stuff probably has a few sneakers that say on the inside of them, sample property of Nike, not for resale. And if a law enforcement agency comes and takes those shoes away because somebody somewhere stole them or took them, or, you know, if a Nike employee... Had them made, we know this has happened in the past, Kyle Yamaguchi, Jung Ho, that Mm -hmm. whole thing, had them made, had the samples made, and then sold them to a resale shop, but technically on the inside it says this is Nike property, not for resale, then yeah, you may never get those things back. So I think that definitely could happen in this situation. And you know, this is a real thing that I was talking to one resale shop owner, like people go to jail for this. He was telling me the story, and it, it happened years ago, but where he spent a week in jail over a pair of shoes that he had that he had tried to list for sale on nike talk and it was a numbered sneaker Mm -hmm. so Mm -hmm. you could trace back if this shoe was stolen from you it might say on the inside 548 out of 1000 and if somebody else has that shoe that's the exact shoe and basically that he didn't know when it came into his possession but this was a shoe that was burglarized from somebody's wow. house. And mm-hmm. yeah, he, he went to jail for a week for stolen and possession property over a pair of shoes. This yeah, happens. I th- but I think sometimes this stolen thing is a gray area because, mm-hmm. again- It sounds very complicated. If you work at Nike and you have the ability to make sample shoes, and I'm not saying that this happened in this specific instance, but- and you make those shoes and then you give them to somebody or you sell them to somebody, I, I don't know how responsible that person at the end is. Or even for how it. far down the line
1: where if it's like changed hands like yeah. six times and now yeah. you're the owner of it. Cause it's like, not to come on here and you know, cause people are like, oh, you know, you guys cape for these uh, resellers or whatever, but you just have to imagine how crazy it must be as a collector to have something in your in your uh, property where you're like, you know, you have a, a PE Air Jordan or a sample or a piece that's almost like memorabilia, mm-hmm. you know? And then the law enforcement agency just comes in. They're like, hey, you know, you spent $50,000 on that pair of shoes, but it's ours now.
2: Yeah. And it's funny you mentioned Pawn Stars because I know your guys' retail background is in sneakers, but, Mm -hmm. you know, my retail Mm -hmm. background as a teenager working at my stepdad's record shop, and we bought and sold all kinds of things, video games, stereo Mm -hmm. equipment, instruments, washing machines, speakers. Yep, And it would happen all the time where people would come in and they want to sell us old Xbox games or things like that, and we would always log all their information just in case the police ever came asking. And there were definitely certain teens and young adults in town who – were eager to steal stuff from walmart and bring it to the store and sell it to us And so they would sometimes ask like "Well, what stuff do you guys want i can get i can get i new can get video for it for you and wow. we're like no if somebody and again this is just my personal experience yeah, I'm not yeah, saying this sure. is tied to any sneaker store but if somebody is telling you like i can get this thing then you have to immediately back away from it and be like no we don't want any uh brand new game boy games still in the plastic from the local walmart wow yeah. interesting
0: and i i think you're the closest with dre out of yeah. all of us and i think that we reached both you reached out for common and they they
1: yeah you know it's like uh known him for quite some time yeah. just for I guess, for transparency's sake like i've known that guy for almost a decade at, yeah. at this point just through a job and just being like i'm sure you you know we've seen like him at complex con yeah. and, like
0: with, I, I, I went through with the complex crew yeah. and
1: yeah. all that sort of stuff and uh you know just reached out to him first because he's a friend he's a friend of mine so yeah. you just want to like be like hey you know uh how how are you doing yeah you know and Gave me like a little bit of a rundown, nothing that we can like talk about yet, but said, hey, you know what? Uh, I have a law firm on it. Hopefully they'll be able to give you a statement sometime soon. So that hasn't been able to come through yet. But as a case that's dealing with a lot of crazy legalities behind it, it I'm sure he wants to be a little more
2: calculated yeah.
1: in the messaging that he puts out there. Yeah.
2: So no statement just yet. And again, nobody from Project Blitz that we know of has been accused of any wrongdoing or charged with anything.
1: Funny story though with him is that so we were at Complex Com. What was the year that Pharrell performed? 20 bad with
0: years. Twenty seventeen? Twenty eighteen? 2017. No, twenty eighteen. Okay.
1: And uh he's doing the NERD performance, yep. and we're waiting outside trying to get in. And Dre, who's friends with Trinidad James, they've known each other for years, and I hadn't met Trinidad yet. At this wow. point this is like pre full size run. Mm-hmm. It was like a few months lead up, and uh, he goes, "Hey, do you want to meet my friend?" And at the time, I guess Trinidad was doing a lot of acting, yeah. and he was he was I don't know if he was trying to separate from the Trinidad James moniker, but he goes, "Hey, I'm Nick." Just oh, enjoy- that is interesting. Like the first was time it, I ever like, met, love
0: him. at first sight, with you guys? <laughs> not, you know, no, it I was mean. just it, to be honest with you,
1: it was just so brief. Yeah. It was just so brief. It was like a, it wasn't like we had a conversation or anything. Yeah, were you starstruck. You know no but i was like oh crap you know it yeah. was just like one of those <laughs> oh dang yeah oh dang, dang. yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. It was just, it was just funny that was like and I, that's not how full the full whole, full yeah, size yeah, one thing started awesome but you, that was yeah. just kind of like the first uh the real story is a Gave you his government
0: huh <laughs> tj gave the government out
2: <laughs> can i say what thing that i'm sick of real quick i, I don't want to dwell on this too oh. long because i literally want to just move no, past go. it too many crocs too oh, many well, Crocs collabs. What about the palace Every Crocs? Every time I open Instagram, it's a new pair of wacky really? Crocs. The McDonald's Crocs or the... You don't like the Lightning McQueen Crocs? <sighs> the Lightning McQueen Crocs or the, you know... I got the little... What about the ones I gave Giddy on with the Monopoly headlights? Crocs. It's, I feel like pff, it's just too much. There's really? N- there's NASCAR Crocs coming out. Are you over
0: Crocs in general? I never was a
2: Crocs guy, so it just they're doesn't... they all over, now that's
0: That's the problem, Listen Joe. to the kids, bro. <laughs>
2: another thing i'm over but it's worth referencing real quick adidas is deciding to sell off its remaining yeezy inventory at cost i think the I, internet's over that I, I just want this this saga to be done they have yeah the fun I, I the funny going.
1: the funnier story is is beyond that was the post from the yeezy pods <laughs> oh yeah there's a, there's a picture of the yeezy pods atf posted yeah, uh, ko shout out uh, yeah good dude um, He had posted a picture of it where someone's has the Yeezy Pod shoe, yeah. and they're just, like, way too big. And then little does he know Kanye West himself sends him this,
2: like, angry rant about... Don't should, try and play me like that. Yeah, you should
1: have told them to get this. Footlocker's Locker's trying to rip me off. Rough yeah.
2: size, yeah. Can't be a great day waking up to an angry DM from Kanye West, no. but never been there. No. Brennan, can we talk uh, briefly? Because I thought it was funny, the the picture I tagged
1: you on in on Twitter. Yeah, am I am
2: I, am I fulfilling that exact <laughs> did you see that? prediction no. right now? what?
1: <laughs> There's a picture uh, that uh, I think it's above the cloud store in Australia posted. It was an on-foot uh, product photo. I had posted it in Slack of someone wearing the eggplant foam posits. With oh, these, yeah, I saw that. I these, saw that. <laughs> with these the, big and, linen pants. And I could not yes. believe that that – I mean, they, they did the – there was the shop that did the ASICS collaboration that Will Ferrell – bought on sneaker shopping Shots so to I, them. yeah they've done a lot of cool stuff and it's just funny to see that. i'm like whoa this is really the product photo that they're doing
2: for the egg that's so, it, so funny i it, thought that was a meme yeah, what, no did i don't like do a, a store said no funny. that was that no like as in you should buy this shoe because it could look this cool on your foot that was just their product photo they had the amaya <laughs> denim from 2016 that wasn't even amaya oh. denim that was straight up brendan dunn uh go ahead
0: I no, don't know if he. I don't know. Have you have don't you done so pants much.
2: that wide? No, he hasn't. Thank you, thank
0: he you hasn't. for coming to my defense. He Joe. I appreciate but that. But that is a very funny photo. I would like to know the story behind it. If they did it to get an internet reaction.
1: Yes, I reached out to us. someone. Goes. I know those shoes are too sm- are too big on their feet too. That the way that the toes pushing them up. <laughs> wow.
2: I want to drop a couple of leaks. Oh, because okay. that's we we like to sprinkle that in on this Go show. Ahead. You know, we got everything. We got the mm-hmm. we got the banter. We got the mm-hmm. debates. We got the guests. We also have exclusive news that you won't find on another podcast. Nike is doing more Swarovski collaborations. Or I don't know if you call those collaborations. It's kind of right at the edge of whether or not they to just it's using like three M almost. You know, yeah. Uh, Air Max pluses some TNs with Swarovski crystals. That on first, them. Whoa, those first, what
0: did those... You, do? You see? Do you know what they look like?
2: I haven't seen them in person just yet. Those, uh,
1: the first... Okay, uh, now you're speaking my language. This is always the hardest thing for me to say. The first Swarovski, I always... Flawless. Yeah. Uh, I just said Criscals, so yeah. you got to pass. Swarovski, Crystal, Air Max 97s, the OG colorways, the gold. Classic? In the, in the classic? silver. I want to say when... Can tho- I say it's a classic? We're going to bust down gonna the say, TNs? Well, I'm going to say... Flooded? <laughs> those, <laughs> those, ni- those 97s when they came out because it was a woman's exclusive yeah. shoe the ladies went crazy f- everybody went crazy yeah but i mean i don't think they came maybe i'm bugging i don't think they came in the bigger sizes. i don't know how high the sizes yeah were. but i just remember when those, those dropped that women's exclusive yeah, yeah. i remember those, that those went
2: bonkers i could i could see these looking really good on some tns yeah I, we I may mean, have to we may we have, may to, have scoop to bust them, them down get they they yeah? yeah. the
0: bbs's but the also BBS? factory <laughs> all factory <laughs> diamonds on the TNs <laughs> they all like Jerry hit him exactly, with the shador. Exactly. Hit him it's, with the shador. Exactly. They all got his <laughs> <dad> <laughs> the Rolex. Yep, exactly. Nah. But also they know what time it is. Yeah, Ongoing dogs,
1: with the Swarovski collaboration they actually did last year 2023. It was supposed to be a bigger shoe um but unfortunate circumstances with the Jaw 1. That's oh, right. right. Yeah, That's right. We're at the shoe that released that uh, All-Star weekend in mm-hmm. Salt Lake City. Um, I feel like, you know, if everything hadn't happened last year, I feel like that shoe would have been pretty I don't want to say sneakers of the year, but may have been in the the jaw with those way more in the conversation. Yeah. I mean yeah. the the jaw won until like all the everything that went on with him last yeah. year off court. People were so excited for
2: that model, you
1: know. Listen.
0: The base your basketball team is fifteen and zero this okay? year. You pay attention this year. to
2: your high school basketball team. Yeah, of
0: course. That's my alma mater. <laughs> Do you? Shouts to my boys. No, crushing it.
2: <laughs> I couldn't tell you. Carter Wilson. At all, anything that happened in my I high school. In, I the check past in on the high school football
1: years. team this like, is what I, I once in a while. I about it.
0: Fifteen and zero. I'm going to be there for the playoffs. There may be sixteen and zero by the time this <laughs> airs. But you guys would know. I think I'm going to quiz you guys. Serious ballers are co signing a shoe that like is one of the best encore shoes. What do you think it is? Sabrina? Correct. Go Ducks. I just Every, said it. I just said Go everything Ducks. Everything that I hear everything that I hear is that, that shoe is exceptional to ball in. I'm glad.
1: Wait, how do you feel recently? Did you see that uh a uh, friend of the program, John Geiger, broke out the Oregon fourteens to go hooping? No, I didn't see that. Oh, I thought you would have had a had a take on that.
2: Yeah, I mean, I'm glad that Oregon's a national brand that people know and love. But it does always feel weird to me when People have PEs if they don't necessarily have a specific connection. I don't know if he does or not. I don't feel any strong way about it.
0: Yeah, JG gets the pass. Come on. <laughs>
2: uh, bring an, him to campus. Another, has li- been on campus. Yeah, he's been on campus more than me. The Beaverton campus, not yes. the University of Oregon campus.
0: Well, bring him to both. <laughs> okay? John, let's do a road trip. Yeah. <laughs> f- JG brought, uh, whatever. <laughs> Great club night in uh near near any details you could share? Near in? Hollywood, Florida back in the day. He knows. Great okay. night. Okay. Right before the Wale sneaker shopping shoot that i mentioned. But man, fire. Uh, we'll we, oh, we all that on stuff here? I hope, but we'll see.
2: Okay. One more little leak I'll sprinkle on here. And some of the stuff we talk about on here, it's just a couple sources that we don't have it totally firmed mm-hmm. up yet, but just rumors we're hearing. But I think that Jordan brand is preparing for its own holiday this year in something called J Day in October, celebrating the 40th anniversary of Michael Jordan entering the NBA. Yep. Mm-hmm. They've done the band day in the past and kind of gotten away from that recently and not celebrated it as much. I don't know if this J-Day thing is going to be a huge blah. I don't know if it's I'm going to be okay a I'm okay with thing. no more like sneaker holidays. Yeah? It's sounding like the Grinch over here. No, I, wait. Sounding like hey, the absolute hey, Grinch. No hey, Kobe's. Hey, hey. let's let <laughs> Sorry, though. <laughs> let's, <just, those laughs>
1: let's, let's just let the record show. I feel like you have been the biggest detractor um, on the planet. Before. For? from air max day really yes
0: N- you more no 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 no, here no, our no colleagues here of our colleagues couldn't even enjoy the day you judging them because <laughs> no. they did well, the they circle by
2: the water cooler like yeah air max just TVs. hating <laughs> hating no. thighs, but there's exactly. no exactly looking at the, on the, bubble. the main account
0: <laughs> no you've been the biggest attractor i from, don't think so don't, he was at the innovation. Listen, what did no, he call no, the store? The innovation summit store?
2: The house know. of
1: innovation. Yeah, there the we go. No, no. There we
0: innovation. go. The detractor the who said it, it, was a, <laughs> you, it was a Nike towner. We're, town not, we're not rewriting narrative Hoops, the narrative. He's the most innovation. negative person
2: on Air Max Day that I've ever come across in the sneaker industry. I am conflicted here, Wealthy, because. I
0: think he's more. On no, I, I am not a
1: negative Air Max Day person, like, at all, for the most part. I just don't
2: want any more, like. Sneaker holidays. I trust your memory more than anybody's, but also I don't trust your interpretation of mm-hmm. events better than anybody's. He lies. No, I don't. <laughs> no, no, no,
1: we're that. We're oh, not, oh, look at oh. me. We're not I'm putting kidding, that I'm kidding. No, no, no. He
0: said that. You know, I'm kidding. No, I know, but yeah, you okay, be capping okay. about my meeting sometimes back in the day. He <laughs> no, does I'm have not. a good memory. He likes not. to. He's a little bit like you, 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 Scorsese. You, you, he likes to sprinkle some romanticize. Yes. I
1: don't think so. Which isn't a lie. No, I don't think that's true. I think You paraphrase me a lot or Eddie. No, i
2: Godfather music—that's obviously not. I think Scorsese. I
1: think everyone has. Sorry,
2: Francis Ford Their own
1: interpretation okay. in their head of because you might say something to someone and you might not realize that you're wiling out on someone. And you're like, hey, I just said it to him.
0: You don't sprinkle some sauce when you think no, of someone. No, I'm a little pretty bit pretty of gravy? objective.
1: Either way, your your take on Air Max Day because you've been way more negative on it. I just made some jokes about shoes. That's <laughs>
2: All right. <laughs> Sips tea. Turn the video Damn. on. said electric sip game this at the tea. Knicks game last night.
0: Electric. We're electric right now. Okay. And go. No, no, no. That's
2: it. J day. October. No, but you, why you were negative on Air Max day? What? You, I didn't say it was negative on Air Max day. You said it. You, he's, he's just staring at me. I'm like the
0: ref I, meme. I, Do you I, know I, that ref meme when they're going back yeah, and forth? Yeah. You thousand, said it. A thousand like you can't times, say that. Th- I said it. You said it. A thousand times it. I
1: heard Brennan done. It's like, I don't feel like we need to help Nike perpetuate their false holiday he, that's been created by that. the brand. I've probably said that. Yeah. He's... Yes. I've never said anything like that.
2: No, I have not. I just made it.
0: Check I... the tapes. Someone will
2: find it. You know. People in the comments, go deep. We need every bit of research help we can get on this.
0: So how are we celebrating this year? Air Max Day or yeah. Day day <laughs> Air Max Day.
2: Even, Hey.
1: <laughs> I, I even will say the same thing about New Balance and Grey Day. Yeah. It's it just
2: like sneaker holidays are just like... For sure, especially after Nike set the tone with Air Max Day and like Adidas Boost Day and things like hey, that. if you want to go wear these shoes on the day, like I
1: just, I don't care. It's just like, I think brands like make making us all like try to pretend like these are like
2: big holidays is just like... Yeah,
0: like something the, you
2: got to circle on your calendar. Yeah.
1: During
0: the pandemic Air Max Day, I definitely took the time and put a pile of Air Max 95s. Yeah, you thought John
2: Donahoe was going to double tap? <laughs> <laughs> Tinker comments so good. Wow. I mean, I can
1: make, like, wow. a, I the, was bored in the house. The I stabbed the first, a pile of the, fresh. The first Air Max day ever, I took a photo of like chronological like Air Max 1 to like Air Max 2009 with a kiss my Heirs, uh, uh tote bag in the middle of it. So I'm like guilty of it too. Yeah, like, and I how about get this?
2: It. How about this? One of the first Air Max days, I was working at Complex and I took the time to Photoshop a bunch of airbags into the word air and posted on my Instagram and Wealthy said, that's so corny. What did he? Yes. I got a little bit of a memory too, buddy. Yeah. What but I also, walk into also, today?
1: Also let the record show that first Air Max Day ever, I went to Nike Town. Not the House of Innovation. Not the House of Innovation. And bought Brendan Dunn the Air Max Day Air Max. <laughs> wow,
0: some
3: deep history. This and is, you know what? We gotta, really it. we gotta and keep. We got And I was the... gonna
1: buy a pair for myself too. And they said one per customer, and I got him a pair, and not
2: myself. Wow, <laughs> you that's know just a good friend. I, I joked earlier about the
0: no full size run have so much documentary. Resentment.
2: I joked earlier about that. This feels like the moment in the in the reunion. Not yes. that we ever split up, the but split the, up. where you know you're hashing out all the old things. You're like, but I did this for you back in 2011. Exactly.
0: We can't split up today, though.
2: No, we're, yeah, we're here, we're together, and we have, we brought along someone special, a guest today. Big one. Excited for this one.
0: Our guest on today's show built and ran the streetwear empire Calm Loop for over a decade and a half. During those years, the company became the go-to dot-com destination for clothing brands like 10 Deep, Mighty Healthy, Huff, Crooks and Castles, and sneakers from Vans, Adidas, Supra, and more. Conlook will be remembered for being the vessel for a generation of streetwear fans who wanted to buy big city cool guy brands without having access to storefronts carrying their favorite labels. The company would have major success during the 2000s, opening a brick-and-mortar store in Boston, partnering with Pharrell, and solidifying its legacy as a pioneer of street culture commerce. In 2015, after selling the company to Sheik Shoes, he joined popular e-gaming collective FaZe Clan as their president. Today, with Karmaloop being a recent hot topic on the internets, we welcome its founder, Greg Selko, to the Complex Sneaker Show.
3: Greg, welcome. Complex Sneaker Show. Great to be here. Good to see you. I feel like I finally made it after all these years. Yeah, <laughs> right? really? This is the peak? This, this is, is the peak, <laughs> right? It's all downhill from here. <laughs> yeah, The, the absolute yeah. zenith. <laughs> yeah,
2: exactly. How are you?
3: I'm great. Yeah, Except for the Celtics. Yeah. Tough one.
2: Yeah, sorry about that. I didn't even know until you told me. <laughs> <about>. <laughs> I had to break the news. <laughs> We're going to talk a lot of sneaker stuff. We should just talk about our sneakers right away, because sometimes get, we forget. It. Mm-hmm. I have a about the protection
3: pack, 1906D, my boy Owen Loom Lens, who's the photographer at New Balance, called him up. Probably a little late. Okay, I was like, dude, I need heat. I'm gonna yeah. be on. I, 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 these guys are gonna like, you know, flex their shoes. I'm gonna look like a scrub. <laughs> um, he brought these over. So awesome. I feel like Appreciate when it. Comes it to
1: sneakers, Owen. you can like just make a call and kind of make something happen. That's what I mean. That's
3: what I did. Yeah. And the you know Owen works at New Balance, and he yeah. he grabbed these and uh, brought him over but i, I told him to give me something unreleased but he's like dude you got to give me more than two hours okay <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> i also called Tarek from uh concept. from concept, concept. So he was going to give me the, the uh the lobster dunks the orange wow. one but i didn't want to bug him so i just stuck with this okay but thank you Tarek, also for scrambling in my usual way i planned hours ahead do you did <laughs> you come from la or Bo- boston okay nice cool. yeah nice. i was in boston i um based uh you know i'm i was out in la when i was doing the face clan stuff mm-hmm. so i was living west hollywood which i, I love west hollywood yeah. but um i uh, moved back to boston to start Xset but a lot of our staff's in la so we have an office okay. in compton so i'm back and forth obviously i'm in new york a lot because it's new york yeah
2: yeah well we're happy to have you here yes i'm doing the stash nike air force one i'm actually kind of going through it right now because and this happened to me once before and i milked it. <laughs> for more the than the it sole was sole worth, part, the sole of the sneaker. Wait, did the air bubble pop in those? Um, I think the air bubble's deflated, but also the shoe is a little bit tight on me. And when I went to put it on, I was like trying to get it. it. So you see this like translucent. It's like, well, we wait, is the sole hanging off for. the back? It's not hanging, but it it's like,
1: like it, it just looked like it
3: moved
2: when you put your hand. Yeah, that's like, oh, it's uh, like, yes. It's like, mm-hmm, it's, we'll it's see if peeling, we're going to make so. it through. That
3: makes it limited edition, bro. Stash is the homie, though.
2: Yeah, same. Stash, please, please set me up. Yeah. Maybe Send me
3: some more prints, bro.
2: <laughs> hand cobble back together. So I'm walking gingerly
0: okay. today. Speaking of gingerly, Careful. did you get those uh ginger 99 ginger I did. new balances? I did, yeah. yes. I sent him the first one, is who I text.
3: <laughs> new Balance yeah. is killing it right now, crushing, yeah, crushing. Boston Company, yeah, shout out to New Balance. Beautiful.
0: Yep. I'm doing these Air Max 95s that I ID'd. I, Disappointed? I've said on the show before. I suck at IDs. They never come out how I want them. I'm always like there in the lab on the computer and thinking like <laughs> I'm gonna put this together. Obviously, not a intricate design, but I thought the, I neon, th- was I thought that the that neon was gonna be the neon from Air Max. I thought that the was a Air Max released... 95. No, I thought that was a released pair when I first saw them. Because no, the neon they let you like, down is a neon yellow, not like the OG Air Max 95 neon. It's kind so. of aggressive that yellow yes yeah, so it, it, it it's, reminds it's, me of the
2: 28 days of flight air jordan series where they did all those black jordans with the greenish yellow
0: also, also
1: reminds
2: me of the cactus foam posits from like yep, 2007.
1: yep so
0: yeah a little disappointed in the the shade of the neon but it's raining out at beat 'em. it is
2: what. plus it is. you don't even tie your shoe so never, yeah <laughs>
3: never did, did you
2: spend a lot of time on nike id did you ever have any late nights cooking up i haven't spent there? a lot
3: of time we actually did like a nike by you with x set where we did 35 okay. shoes um yeah, I, like, I'll just let them make them for me. Okay. <laughs> Leave it t- to the professionals, Will, right? Will, who's my co-founder at Exet, at Will Edden's big, big guy in the streetwear sneaker game. He does a lot of Nike ID stuff.
1: Nice. During, during the Karma Loop days, you didn't have, like, an unlimited passcode on Nike ID? or No, I mean, they were just
3: getting it up and running at that mm, point. But yeah. um, I think they gave us some stuff. I mean, look, we were backdooring Nike, but they were we just didn't talk about it. Really? <laughs>
2: yeah. <laughs> we got to talk about
1: it yeah, today. Yeah. <laughs> Quick, <laughs> get, get to that. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. these are the Carhartt New Balance nine nineties Greg speaking of that so yeah. um I remember because grew up in New Hampshire and used to go to the Karma Loop store yeah. uh, quite often when of my best friend Dave at the time he was the valet manager at the Capitol Grill right mm-hmm. there on the top of Newberry Street oh, so well
3: that was the original Capitol Grill but yeah wow so we were
1: always we were always just like in the mix and mm-hmm. in that area Did you, you ever I, run into me I I was young back then I didn't mm-hmm. even I wouldn't even don't think I would have known you at that
3: point i think you were shoplifting oh yeah <laughs> you got the security no. cam footage yeah, yeah, yeah. no. <laughs> you just look different with the beard that's why you grew that yeah, yeah. he's yeah. incognito uh, right now yeah. Yeah, yeah
1: but i remember going to the Carmel loop store and i remember like nike wasn't something that you guys were big on mm-hmm. on retail at that point but i think you had like a few sbs on the shelf this must have been like 2006 or 2007 so so that was the first one yeah.
3: That went, was it like all white inside or did it have This was like, the original one and I know did it have the floor cut out and stuff? It didn't have the floor cut okay, out so. yet.
1: It was the first one and then I remember you cut out the floor and then put like the the night armor.
3: Yeah, we put like ancient <laughs> artifacts. Yeah. Um and this this I will digress for a second but the story mm. of that is I just walked in they had the floor all up. Yep. I'm like, that looks fucking cool. Mm-hmm. So we you know, we put like a bunch of like weird shit and then we put like an old Nike. And we put plexiglass on it later from underneath. Yeah. And then when we moved out of the store Eyewitnesses, so it's all still there. They covered it up, yeah. but we, and left all the shit in there. So someday wow. someone's going to there's going to be it. someone who's going to wow, Earth. That just they just think digging? they're going to
2: find like thousands like an actual... of years in the future. going to really confuse historians when yeah, yeah, they see a it was
1: night good, of good our <laughs> but Nike at Karma loop in that era. You said backdooring and it wasn't like officially through the brand or
3: yeah. Hopefully, I don't ruin my relationship with Nike, but I have a pretty good relationship with them. so. But okay. but essentially, um we had an Adidas account, we had a Puma account, we had Saucony, we had mm-hmm. everyone. You know, Nike's a different beast. Yeah. Um, And Concept was, concept. you know, Tarek and I are, yeah. are good friends. Tannery, like yeah. We were, there was yeah. a little tension, right? Uh, just because every, Boston's like a postage stamp and everyone wants a Nike count. So Bodega mm-hmm. got one. They were far, far enough away. Concept's had the one on, on Newburgh Street, so there was just no chance. And I didn't really try it. So essentially, like, I don't know you guys know Marlon from Sneak Tip? Mm-hmm. Yeah, so he had a store in Brooklyn called Sneak Tip. And then he had a Connect in Miami. Um, and so we just were, we were... We were just buying a lot of backdoor Nike. I mean, we would love to have an yeah. account. We didn't really, we didn't even really try because we knew that we couldn't get it. Um, and then online at the time, they weren't just opening up online accounts. I think they probably do now. But at the time, like you had to have a store to have, yes. have it online. So it just was one of those things.
0: You never sold them online though
3: we did you did
2: yeah okay were you ever worried that nike would figure out what was going on and try and well, they, come they, at they
3: you mu- i mean they must have known we were pretty big mm-hmm. yeah. we, we kept as you said we kept it very limited to really good shit right like we weren't we weren't selling like any of the basic stuff um you know and then there's sometimes like if an artist did a like you know like a stash for instance yeah. did a you know we would get some and, and sell it a lot of times we would gift them um yeah, I mean look, we, we we were touching sneaker culture, so we had to have some yeah. Nike. So I, I hope they understand. Um, but like it just it was what it was. I mean
1: your store was like right next to Nike Town too. Yeah. So
3: it was an impossibility. They just weren't even like they were like, look, we like But you never
1: it. approached
2: them.
3: I, I had conversations with them mm-hmm. and they were super cool about it. They're like, look, we got we I there was someone else who had another Nike account that was like mid tier, mm-hmm. like a block from us concepts was close to us
1: there was a sort of x squared like across the street too yeah as I think well. they were
3: back to, they were back door too um but then then and Nike town was three blocks away yeah so it was just it just wasn't gonna happen and I was trying to convince them to do just sell online and just you know you gotta when you're running a business you got to spend time where there's gonna be a result right and I bet you if I put all my chips on just getting Nike which maybe that's a smart thing but it just would have been a Herculean task from those days,
0: what do you remember? Like when I was young at Complex, we used to do like kicks of the day on Complex.com. It was mm-hmm. the first post. A lot of times I would look on Calm Loop. It was basically one post, the first post of the day on the website. You could buy these shoes right now and like I would curate it and I always would scour Calm Loop for them. But I remember the Supra, the yeah, super, super as we
3: crushed you just paint that
0: picture of the super sky top i like associate you guys with that a lot as well
3: yeah i mean like i think that was a time when and i don't know they'd probably say no but like some of the main sneaker companies were getting a little nervous because mm-hmm. there was you know creative rec there was so many other you guys were big on creative rec. yeah too. we crushed it we did millions with creative rec wow you know there were so many other like off the air that was an early one that mm-hmm. was a sick uh sh- shoe um Supra. i mean there was tons of them coming up uh, android mm-hmm. um I'm sure you guys have had Sneaker Steve on here. We haven't.
0: We yeah. haven't. I and and shouts to Sneaker Steve, true OG. You got another him on rich here. A guy. You're a rich A guy.
3: Yeah, yeah. Rich is like the homie. I mean, we yeah. we became friends through Complex. You yeah. Know, I don't know if you guys know, but like if you go back in the old issues, I used to have a section that I curated in Complex, and I did it for for three months, mm-hmm. and then Rich was like, dude, like you hold up the magazine every time you know? <laughs> because the deadline not hit. hitting the deadline so printer's like, waiting on Greg like Selko it, and like, only Greg <laughs> Selko I, I can't I can't keep doing it but like we had we 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 put people look, find it at some point but we like we were talking about Drake when no one knew I put wow. I would just it was like just like a little collage I should have been able to do it on time it was like you know we'd have like something <laughs> on music so like something yeah. on a, a store in a city so it would be other people's like, you know, undefeated whatever. i yeah. I put other stores on. I put Carmelop, I'm sure, in there mm-hmm. too. Um, and then like had like a hip hop artist, a restaurant, like it was just like kind of my shit, right? Yeah. Um, and yeah, I mean, it was it was, I'm sure we had super in there. It was a time yeah. that like super was on fire. How much yeah.
2: super business were you doing at its peak?
3: I mean, we must have been at least doing like a million five or two million a year. Yeah. We were doing 180 million total yeah. in the company at our peak, so a year.
1: I think it's interesting, too, because if you look back on that era, it's like nowadays streetwear is so mainstream, so mass, you know? Yeah. And that, But that era, it's like it had to be like a real, like, if you know, you know sort of thing. Like there were people at that time, like you said, like didn't know Bodega was actually a sneaker store. They yeah, would just walk yeah. by and think they it was a- They go wasn't...
3: and buy cigarettes and Bucks. Yeah, I exactly. don't think they sell cigarettes, but yeah. But,
1: so at the time, it's like where well, you kind of had to know about these stores and be in the in the- the know to get the shoes you went mass
3: mm-hmm.
1: with it at the time was it hard to get people to buy into this idea of streetwear when at the same time everyone else is still wearing like american eagle and abercrombie i
3: mean there were so many things that were hard mm-hmm. right yep. that was one of them i think so, one of the other things was you know like uh, uh bobby talks about you know we're homies now but it yeah. was like this weird tension like with the hundreds because we were on the east coast and it, and it's like getting even the streetwear brands to understand yeah. like Bro, you it's fun to have a, like a little boutique. I mean, hundreds got it and they did yeah. it very well. But but like, you're not going to be around it a year if you don't start selling product. Like you mm-hmm. got to go mass to a certain extent. And if you're going to go mask with anyone, mask with anyone, because Macy's, all these other guys were still trying to open them because mm-hmm. they understood that street, they saw what we were doing. So they're much better off doing it with us because they could, you know, we had a, I would like to think we had sort of a balance between like culture, lifestyle, trying to preserve that. And we also also wanted to make money, right? Mm-hmm. So, yeah, it was hard. But, like, I think, you know, it was the internet, right? So the World Wide Web. It's called that because yeah. it was all over the world. Yeah. So we got little pockets in every town in America that was, like, a Karma Loop fanatic. Right? Yeah. And they may be the first kid in their community to be, like, yo, like, what are you wearing? Mm-hmm. Because before Karma Loop, you could not get this stuff. If you were in mm-hmm. New York or L.A., Boston had, like, one store, two stores maybe. Mm-hmm. Uh, this was before Concepts. Mm-hmm. They were They were actually a year older than we were um but there was very few places to get it right and so we had to convince the customer we had to we we wanted to share the culture right Mm -hmm. because it's the thing that was interesting about streetwear is it's part art right it's part lifestyle it's not just product right Mm -hmm. and so like being able to the internet was a great way to communicate that using video using interviews telling a brand story which at the time we got a lot of shit for because everyone's like you know, if you went to Amazon or you went to uh, other stores at that time, it was just a picture of the, you know, we were shooting the stuff on models. Everyone's like, you're crazy. Yeah. You can't put content on an e-commerce site. They'll get distracted. But obviously that was the right move. Mm-hmm.
2: Did people look down on you to an extent? People who were streetwear OGs, brands like Supreme and, and feel like you were cheapening it?
3: I don't think Supreme did, felt that way. Um, I do like, you know, I remember like Ali Ashi, we were working with him early yeah. and, you know, and he was kind of like, what the fuck is this massive? Mm-hmm. Look, I think really what, why they fucked with us is because I spent the time to get to know them. There were plenty like, you know, uh, like BJ and, and Dennis, Dennis works with Exet now, um, from Dennis, Crook, Dennis from Crooks. Oh yeah, Crooks. Uh, they
1: meant Dennis to Disco no, who also used to be Carmel. We we'll have.
3: we get into that, but we have so many people <laughs> yeah. that came out of Carmel, yeah. I mean, yeah. that are just crushing it, yeah. right? Yeah. Um, from Foot Locker mm-hmm. to Atmos to, I mean, you name it, to, yep. to what Dennis is doing. I just got this this guy, Seven Cohen, texted me this morning and it's out of the blue. He's at Nike, so. Awesome. They didn't want to sell to us at yeah. first, right? And, and so, like, and like Dre from the foundation, yep. he was kind of blocking it. Like, he and I were like, you know, like arch enemies. I he like had yelling. a
0: ton of, they had a ton of brands of foundation.
3: Yeah, they're like, we'll give you creative rec, but we're not, anyways, long story short, Dre's invested in, in two of my companies okay. We're like, you know he's he was over at my house for new year's eve mm-hmm. a couple years ago with his family you know dennis and bj i mean we we have some stories let me just put it that way that I <laughs> talk about. um but uh you know so it li- literally i mean part of the thing about streetwear was like everyone was within like you know, i think someone mentioned like brown babies in one of the posts about it, or they mentioned hundreds or all yeah. these were little social movements that mm-hmm. were happening little Scenes that were
1: happening—they were like the cool kids at the party scene who somehow had like a brand, and then the whole thing.
3: Hundred percent, yeah, hundred percent. So it's like, if you came in and said, "Oh, I like your your clothes, I want to sell them," they'd say no.
1: Yeah.
4: But
3: if I came in and said, "Like, yo, like we want to," I had to become part of their culture to a certain extent. Mm -hmm. Look, we were still a business. I mean, there were plenty of people who were like, "Oh man, you fucking, you know, you you, you're you know asking for too much of a discount or whatever." I mean, we were. I had the benefit, and this was kind of luck. Of having this guy being my mentor because I didn't know shit about. I don't cut. My dad's not a businessman. My mom's yeah. my mom's a, he works for the, uh, the town. Uh, my dad's a scientist. Like there's no background in retail or any of that shit. Right. This just kind of happened naturally, just mm-hmm. out of my parents' basement. And um, I got to meet know this guy Frank Esty. Um, and he was the founder of Marshall's. Marshall started in Boston. Wow. And he was like a killer fucking, he would, we, you know, we would let him smoke cigars in the office just mm-hmm. to have him there. <laughs> he, he was like 80 years old. He walked from his house. Uh, he lived in the Prudential Center. You know that. Yeah. He'd walk to downtown Boston every day with a cigar. Come, I mean, once a week, he'd spend a day in the office a week, but he was put like 900 K into the business. Wow. He was a godsend, you know, because he looked at kind of what we were doing, yeah. like, like, what the fuck is this shit yeah. kid? Like yeah. you don't know anything about retail. You're going to, you got, I mean, literally there was another guy named Sam Gerson. who was also, cause I was always looking for mentors. Looking yeah, for mm-hmm. people. He had been like the uh, president of filing basement. I remember one time I, I came in and I showed him my, my inventory and I didn't know about weeks. supply. this is yeah. literally like year one. And he's like, he was a friend of a friend of a friend. So he's like, Hey, uh, Interesting stuff here, kid. Can you can you get up and shut the door? I'm like, shut the door. What the fuck is is this guy gonna murder me? So I I, I shut the door and I sit down. He goes, kid, you're gonna get your fucking head handed to you. you got you are out of business right now. What was so wrong? I had like like 14 weeks of I mean 14 months of supply. Like I didn't understand any of that shit. Yeah. And so he he helped me like get rid of it and get on a regular inventory. I mean, you can't just like understand culture and set up a business. Yeah. You can't just understand business and and try to understand a culture so we were very like uniquely you know kind of suited because we could do both and we had you know we had these these guys i had a couple guys that just knew their shit and i was just like i don't know anything just tell me what to do
1: yeah you you said you mentioned you know there's the pockets of the kid in each town who was like putting people on to like Car- you. Yeah. <laughs> uh, There's a pockets of kids in each town who's putting people on to karma loop. But I think one of the things that people knew karma loop uh, early on for was the people online with the rep codes. Yeah. You go on Nike talk and everyone has their karma loop rep code in
2: the, in the, their yeah. bio
3: in
1: the signature, right? Yeah. On yeah, yeah. Post. yeah. Yeah.
3: Yeah. I mean like, look, we did a lot of innovative shit. Right. Mm-hmm. And obviously when, you know, especially in the culture, you know, there, I can't tell you many times, like i would be at magic and I'd go and, like, go see a... And I'll get to the rep codes, I yeah. promise. I'd go see a brand that was hot. I'm like, yo, our audience is requesting your brand. They fucking want your brand. Mm-hmm. I won't name any names. It, it didn't even last for very long, but it was mm-hmm. one that was really hot out of the UK. And they're, like, they, they're thinking, like, they got the leverage. And they're like, listen, yeah, I know. We're, we're like, we're crushing it, man. Mm-hmm. Like, everyone wants it. It's like, we're not ready for Carmeloo. We need to stay, like, you know, street for one more year and then we'll then we'll sell to you. And I'm like, well, how do you know I'm gonna to wanna to sell to you in right. a year? I'm like, this is the time to do it. I'm telling you, like we're using data back back then, like just emails of people saying like, yo, why don't you have this? Why don't you have this? Why don't you? So it's like, bro, like in a year from now, I may not want your stuff. Like mm-hmm. I'm telling you, I don't know how many times I've heard this from brands. And then a year later, they're not here. And of course that happened to them too, mm-hmm. right? You have a moment, you gotta jump on it. But in terms of the the, the rep code, yeah, I mean, like it was basically, I mean, Started before there was even the only social media at the time. We found the re, was like MySpace, Facebook, yeah, yeah, Friendster. I don't know. Some, yeah, oh yeah, you know, yeah, Friendster. Um, tin cans with strings yeah. like, <laughs> between kids' houses. Yeah, um, and so basically, like it was like, how do we leverage these kids? You know, we were getting these emails that were fucking incredible, right? kids like you you don't know how much karma means to me i live in this town they fucking these kids are all lame i can't wait to move out of this like you know kansas and all and like i love what you guys do and so like i'm like well we got to harness this right mm-hmm. so we set up the the rep program we got we got to a point where we had two hundred fifty thousand reps um and by the time twitter came around then you were starting to see it on the yeah.
2: who was like the top rep do you remember and and how much business that person was bringing in
3: yeah we got in a little tax problem with that but um, gotcha. <laughs> uh gotcha we we were like these guys aren't employees right yeah you know? okay um because they're like our reps and whatever but we we offered we just paid them cash we yeah. paid them commissions on the in cash now you had to get to a certain point but once yeah. you get to a certain point and code you could take your your rep points and you could get clothes for like 40 percent off right uh no no other way around yeah you could get clothes for full price but you're using your rep code so it's like free basically or we give you cash for like 40% of what the you get in clothes, right? Because we want to encourage them to... And then we're buying the clothes for a certain price, so we're still up like 10%, right? Yeah. But when you got to like 10,000 points or something, I don't remember, you could actually start getting... You could cash in your yeah. points for cash. We have people like making fucking $200,000, wow. $200,000 a year. Off, off of Karma of rep codes. Of, yeah. Wow. And like there was probably a like 10 it's you know it's always like the 80 yeah. 10 rules like the 99 1 yeah. percent rule there yeah, was a couple people just straight hustlers right and they were also using the internet they set up little dummy sites and it was fine like it was kind of the wild west back then but yeah then we got like the the irs got us <laughs> they're like and then the fucking bill was crazy i don't even want to. <laughs> oh you, no no like, no no because it was like they basically what they said is they were like well we don't know if there's tax yet because there's like a nexus thing like they at the time states didn't have to pay uh e-commerce sites didn't have to pay income tax right? yeah. mm-hmm. but they're like because we don't know what the ruling's going to be and it's going to be in nine months we're going to say it's the maximum amount for each one it was like millions of dollars it's just pay just in case yeah we, we did we, we negotiated this out like
2: it. turned you into like the jordan
1: belfort of streetwear basically. Yeah,
3: i guess so hopefully a little bit nicer and more uh, <laughs> honest no offense jordan but i love wolf of wall street but i i, I try to be a little more uh not yeah. you know we were actually running a real business. But <laughs> yeah. um, the kids, like, you know, they loved it, obviously. And, you know, we have these we have these incredible stories. We're like, the other thing that was crazy about it was people were saying, like, how can you give your brand to someone else? Mm-hmm. Now we see it all the time, right? You know, look at what Nike allows you to do. You know, uh, Off-Whites, they mm-hmm. flip the Nike sign the other direction. Yeah. They didn't do that stuff back mm-hmm. then. They, it was like, our brand, our color, our Pantones, don't fucking change it, yeah. right? When people came rep, we gave them a kit of all of our, you know, our our like logos and all that stuff. And said, just go fucking nuts. Yeah. I don't care what you do. As long as you don't get arrested or do something like that, we have to disown you. And like, we're like the more creative you are. And by the way, we could put our thumb in the scale. Did I, anybody
2: ever get arrested?
3: Probably stickers and stuff like that. Yeah. I mean, I Shepard got arrested once when we were doing a cover thing favorite. and I bailed, bailed him out of jail. I still have the bail slip. Uh, and, um, but no, not for Carmelo stuff. He was putting up obeyship. But so essentially like, you know, we if someone did something really cool and they sent it to us, I'd just be like, give that guy five thousand points, right? Or whatever. Mm-hmm. So like, we had people doing really like creative stuff. Like they'd have like like Tupperware like parties on their campus and like trying on clothes and all this stuff, um, and then they would get people to buy right there. So they would buy a bunch of shit, and then so it was like a you know like like almost like a, you know like they have their own little event. You know? Yeah. yeah. Or we had like you know the the things where you see like guitar lessons. Mm-hmm. Someone would make something look like that, and, just, and then each one of the, you the just things you pull off was a, a, a rep, rep code. code. Yeah, wow. and they put them all over campus. I had a kid that one time uh, did this like sick graffiti mural all over his mom's garage, It said the like, caramel loop is <laughs> rep code. He
1: has rep coded a graffiti. Yeah, <laughs> and, and his mom
3: called me and was like, "What the like? Like I need to get to the CEO." So I talked to her, and I'm like, "She's like, you're gonna have to pay to paint that over," and I'm no. like. Okay, but like, aren't you excited? Like, like entrepreneur, this is is, showing some initiative. She she wasn't excited. We (laughs) paid we we paid like three hundred bucks to get it painted over. But Uh, one person
2: you mentioned earlier on Sneaker Steve, I saw an interview you did with him a few years back, and I love some of the stories in there about you growing up being super into Adidas in Boston and driving across the
0: border to Montreal to get pairs.
3: Yeah, yeah, we were like so. Like the campus and the gazelle was yeah. like the shoe in Boston.
0: It's funny because like that's a big Dana White shoe who's from Boston. Yeah. Like campus yeah. and gazelles. Yeah. It's like a Boston thing. Yeah.
3: yeah I mean you it, you the more colorways you had in that, yeah, like the more you get laid. Okay. <laughs> it was okay. like But there was would, like a different version you said in Canada. So so basically Boston's a big hockey town, right? Mm-hmm. So all of the all of like the you know this is a different Boston than it is today. It was mm-hmm. it was much more of like a, you know, rough kind of like, you yeah. know, like there's some of that, but mostly not. It's gentrified, but so like there'd be these like you know Southie hockey program, and they'd go up to Montreal to play the the Canadians, yep. and they start bringing back these gazelles that had a soft tongue because the only okay. gazelles you could get in Boston at the time were the ones with a plastic tongue, right? Mm. And so that became like the currency, right? And so people would go up to Montreal and like fill their car with, uh, with, with the, the ones with the soft tongue, come back and like flip them for tons of money. Mm. Um, and then the other thing is there was one store called Jonesy's. It was in South Boston. Rest in peace. It's, it's gone. But, and they had for some re- somehow, and they were backdooring. Yeah. They had all the colorways with the, with the, with the soft tongue. Oh. And then the campus was also another one. But The
2: soft tongue was the one? You, you had were the man if you had that show. Yeah, up. you could. Same not... old place, getting a slice of pizza, those yeah, yeah. on your feet.
3: Yeah, yeah, same old. You know same old place? Uh, n- mm. Not too well, but I uh, know no, yeah. you, like, you like to go there, yeah, right? In Jamaica Plain. That's yeah. right. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. You go
1: to Boston. There'd be like stores like uh, Hip Zeppi at the time that was just like yeah. all Adidas, like every single color. Yeah,
3: it was, yeah, just, it was yeah. called like B's and Threes. Actually, when I was in in uh, in high school, we had like a, a day like someone just made it officially like, don't believe the Nikes. And if you wore Nikes at school, you get your ass kicked. Wow People were getting their fucking ass kicked. And like they're putting them up on the they're throwing them up on the on the line and stuff. And I remember my friend Mark Mark Daniels, um, still a good friend of mine. He's like, Fuck, what do I do? I wore Nikes. So he got his soccer cleats, which were Adidas. Wow. And he was walking around the hallway the all day sliding.
1: like K-K-K-K-K. Wow. <laughs> no, I remember I talked to I remember talking I talked to Ed Obviously, LG yeah. and the Bulldogs back in the day. And he said growing up in like Dorchester, there was like a, a tree yeah, in the, the middle of town where everyone, they took everyone's Nike or Puma shoes yeah. and ripped them off their feet and just threw them on one tree. Yeah. You did you could, ever get your shoes thrown up there? N-
3: no, but uh, I did one time. I was on the bus and I had Fila because I was getting like, I was always trying to get like the other shit. I didn't mm-hmm. want to always wear the same stuff. This is pre my Gazelle. The Gazelles were the high school. This is yeah. like grade school. Okay. And I got the Fila's with the Velcro, the high tops. hmm. And I remember one time being on the bus and like, oh, those are some nice feelers, kid. And I'm like, all right. So I fucking tied them <laughs> up really <laughs> tight. Got ready, ready got, got ready for Velcro. I, and yeah. they're yeah. like, give me those. And I'm holding onto the bar wow. and trying to pull them no off my feet. They couldn't get them off my feet. And then the bus driver's like, leave them alone. Wow. Guy. You survived. I was like, thank God for that Velcro strap. <laughs> That's it. <laughs> t- 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 choke them. <laughs>
0: yeah. At the height, you obviously had so many good relationships with brands. Was mm-hmm. there one that like you tried to get that you never could get? Yeah, the hundreds, mm-hmm. I think. Okay. I, yeah. Like and, you put a lot of energy into trying to get the hundreds.
3: Yeah, I, 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 I was trying to dispel like their misunderstanding of who I was, mm-hmm. and you know, when 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 Carmel started, it was sort of the end of like the rave stuff. So we had a lot of like caffeine, and we had Carhartt, which mm-hmm. uh, cat workwear. We had Speedwack; those are streetwear brands. But we also mm-hmm. had like caffeine, Bug Girl. Like I don't even know if you remember those brands. Like uh, UFO Jinko mm. jeans, yep. yeah. Um, and Jinko jeans. Now yes. you're speaking my language. Yeah, there yeah. you go. You got them on right now <laughs> <laughs> with the phones. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. So like he had this thing like we're ravers, right? Mm-hmm. You know, and I love uh, I did love rave culture, yeah. but I, I'm a culture guy. I love different cultures, and mm-hmm. that was one thing I think that was cool about Karma. We weren't dogmatic. We'd put like weird shit on. People be like, "Why do you have La I'm like, "I don't know. I used to wear it when I was a little kid. Yep. It's fun, yep. you know." So like he was on the west coast it was just this mistrust and they were very close with this our competitor digital gravel yeah it was a stupid policy but like he had a policy like if you sold a car you couldn't sell to, sell to me
0: digital gravel
3: yeah um and i said like sell the digital Gravel. i don't give a fuck. yeah you know? but like, but by default if they did that he if they sold to me they he dropped them anyways so. mm-hmm. um but like you know i figured we just win it on the field i wasn't gonna yeah. and i was like dude it's not like one boutique in yeah. it's the web. Yeah. <laughs> like there can yeah. be two stores selling your shit on the web.
1: Obviously there's like the
0: the famous photo of Kanye at the Carmeloupe yeah. store. With back. the didn't he have he had I remember like I have not a photogenic memory, but I remember. Wasn't he wearing the scarf around his neck yeah. Yeah. white yeah, yeah. T?
3: Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know. And the- then C was in it. Yes. Yeah. I was actually out of town when he we but you know, I mean Kanye Kanye was like I, I I've lost touch with him now, mm-hmm. but I mean I was on the board of his Charitable Foundation, which was the Donda West Foundation, then became the Kanye West Foundation. Mm-hmm. Look, like, uh, I mean, I'm not going to comment on current stuff, no, but, sure, but sure. back back then, he, he was fucking awesome. Like, he, I have a lot of crazy stories. Well, there's
1: the story about, uh, I think that like Boston, the Boston sorry one of the magazines they had written like a profile on you and they're like oh it was two o'clock in the morning and kanye had run out of liquor and he had just done a performance and you like went to a bar in town and you got them to give Uh you crates of
2: booze
3: i'll tell you that story
1: (laughs) yeah Yeah. um
3: so i mean first of all kanye would come by the office yeah like he he knew what was up he was a style guy yeah come by the office talk to talk to dennis talk Mm -hmm. to people uh you know he was super supportive of what we're doing and in fact like you know when i'm sure we'll get to the sort of the gnarly parts of the story yep. but like when that happened you know dame dash kanye and magic johnson and i were trying to get the company back from this private equity group mm. and none of the shit that would have happened would happen and they wouldn't sell it to us but they they you know kanye went kanye went on like you know put up a viral video like yeah. i'm gonna own karma loop because that was to pressure yeah. these guys to mm-hmm. fucking
2: oh okay do something so him and dame dash
3: yeah yeah they went out like we want you know because we couldn't get them to To pay attention, like I'm like guys, you're gonna. I didn't
1: know Magic Johnson was involved. Yeah,
3: Magic was involved. That was
1: crazy because that like people like didn't take it seriously at the time, and it launched a bunch of memes. And they're like, oh, here's Dame Dash and Chief Keith. They're gonna go buy Blockbuster. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah.
3: That would have been a good buy, man. I I hear Blockbusters coming back.
1: But you, you you know, with Kanye and doing that.
3: Yeah. Um. So well. So yeah, he's he was super supportive. I mean, at that point, like when they were trying to do that, like. I was, it was more Dame and magic were mm-hmm. my main points of contact, but he yep. was D- Damon kind of had just sort of gotten friendly again. It's like they, 2015. Yeah, right? he, yeah. I think Dame went on a ward show and like gave a really like more heartfelt like thing yeah. about their, their history yeah. and their their friendship. But basically, um, well, one time I was in LA, you know, Will Eddins, who's our, he's my co-founder at Exet. Mm-hmm. I'd like to spend some time on that. Cause I think there's yeah, a lot yeah, of yeah, yeah. DNA in, in what we did in my new company. But, um, so he was with this other guy, Dauda, who's actually a board member at Exet. Dauda manages Grimes now, and okay. uh, he did. He helped like build DJ Snake. He's like, uh, okay. like this guy, Danny Fight, who manages Chami. Dauda Leonard and Will are like my best friends, right? Okay. And Will's like a G in this space, and you should probably have him on at some point. But uh, so Dauda and, and Will are with Kanye because Kanye played at UMass. This is how, yeah. like, you know, and they were in Quincy, yeah. which is the next town out of, mm-hmm. outside of Boston, right? Okay. Um, it's like literally right next to Dorchester, but it's yep. like right on the other side. And so Quincy everything closes at like 12:30, Okay, right? And the bars in Boston close at 2, but if the bars close at 12:30 and you got to go into Boston, you get there at 1:15. What's the fucking point, right? right? Mm-hmm. Um, and I mean I, I, and they want to weed more than anything than than booze. But so so Will calls me, up, calls me up and it's like two in the morning in yeah. LA. So I'm like, what the, f-? it's gotta be like five in the morning. Yeah. And uh, he's like, yeah, Kanye, what's to talk to you. He's like, yo, we need some girls. We need some weed and we need some booze. Can you get that? And I'm like, then I go, can you put Will back on the phone? <laughs> and he's like, right. And he, he was So Will's like, yeah, man, can you, can you sort it out? So I called a friend of mine. I don't know if you remember Wonder Bar in Boston, this guy. Yeah. I heard yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. So he owned Wonder Bar, this guy, Josh. So I'm like, I called him up. For some reason he's up too. And I'm like, bro, I got a weird request for you, <laughs> Kanye. And by the way, Wonder Bar is in Brighton. It's like a 45 minute drive to get to mm-hmm. to. The, I'm like, so you know Kanye West is. He's like, yeah, yeah, I love mm-hmm. his shit. I'm like, all right, can you get like f- five girls who might want to hang out with Kanye West, mm-hmm. like girls, not mm-hmm. like anything, you know,
4: yeah, illicit,
3: yeah. just people like just yeah. that they want to have a little party, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and like, and I'm like, and he needs some weed. This is weed was still illegal. Just, and he needs yeah. like. A bunch of booze so he, he went to the bar got like a bunch of mm-hmm. booze and and then got weed i think he sold weed and then it got a bunch of like his friends a couple of girls a couple of guys whatever and then they drove over there and they went they went to uh the the, I think it's the days in in Quincy. Wow! And they all hung out like till ten Quite in the morning. A scene. And yeah. Kanye was playing all his new stuff and like rapping for them over his own. Uh, oh, you know, he had like the the the. I mean, I wish I was there. It must have yeah. been an amazing moment.
1: Because I think like because after that happens, like when the Kanye goes to Adidas, the Yeezys come out. And at the time when the Yeezys first came out, they were so hard to get. And they were like, "Who's going to sell these shoes?" I remember at the time we used to put these lists together, like every single store mm-hmm. that's selling the Yeezys, because you know there w- there was so few. I remember you going on record being like, "Karma Loop's gonna have the Yeezys." Oh, we did, we did. Yeah, and yeah. at the at the time, people were like, they weren't sure if that was gonna happen or not because that did. was we did that was we right on. Well, I'm just saying, like, yeah. I remember you, you saying that it was like right on the edge of like when you like when the brand started to go bankrupt, yeah. you know, and you yeah. were like, "No, I've I've known Kanye and Adidas for so long, we're definitely gonna have the shoes."
3: Yeah, we we got like 200 pairs. Yeah, um, but yeah, I. I I think it was probably a year though. We were still doing okay at that point. Mm-hmm. I mean it ha- the, the 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 decline happened like mm. we were, like if you had told me 2 months before then that that was going to happen I'm like you're fucking crazy. This yeah. is done it, it it was it was engineered by the private equity group to get the the thing. So we didn't default on any payments. We had we had enough money. We were we were a profitable company. Mm. But when you when you borrow 30 million dollars from someone and I then I think I borrowed another 10 million from this private equity group, these guys are like, "Well, It's a win-win because either he's going to pay us back with a huge VIG or we take the company and they're seeing all the, all success or whatever. And they're like, we can do this without this guy. So they came up with these, what's called technical defaults, which are like, we didn't file a piece of paperwork. It wasn't like we didn't miss, you know, we were paying them 300 K a month on time. I mean, we did 300 K a day. So we were paying them, you know, and I get a letter, like you're in technical default and, um, and they just moved quick, and like they're, they're like, you've got thirty days to give us forty million dollars. And I'm like, so I actually got it. I scrambled. I went out to fucking. I went to see Dame. I went. I went to see. This yeah, guy. how'd you get it? How'd you? get... Like, How
0: put together yeah. money? <laughs> how'd you get forty million
3: in thirty days? Well, I mean, they wouldn't teach me. Um, well, I mean, at that time when we were so successful, I'd like call people like, we need ten million yeah. dollars. to be in my fucking. Dame gave you some? really? No, Dame didn't. We Dame okay. helped put the deal together. He's like, we'll get didn't give us any any money, but he he's like, I'll get Kanye, and mm-hmm. I'm like, let's meet with Magic and this yeah. guy Eric Holliman, and then then Magic wanted to meet with with Kanye without me okay. to kind of like see if what he thought about me, right? And so they went to Kanye's house in Hidden Hills, and they sat there and they talked whatever. They came out like like Kanye's feeling this, let's do it, whatever. And I called the so I called the 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 group in in that was the private equity, and they're like, we don't have to give it to you i'm like what do you mean you don't have to give it yeah. to me i didn't know i figured okay we saved it yeah like, you have the money no in delaware once you default if we choose to not let you pay back the note like we want the company initially they had come to me and said this is what we're going to do we're going to give you 20 percent of the company and mm-hmm. we're going to take the rest right which they can do because once they wipe out what you call the note yeah. you get the company and all the other shareholders i'm like i, I can't do that because yeah. i'll wipe out all my other investors and like my name will be mud forever i'm not right. going to do that to someone. and it's just not the right thing to do and so they're like, well, we'll take it without you. And I'm like, good. It's not a coal mine. Yeah. Like, you can't just, like, clear me out and then start fucking digging coal the next day. Yeah. Like, you, this place has a soul and a yeah. life, and you need to... And so uh, they thought it was going to be easy ride, and they just... I mean, I someone who was on the inside of the company showed me the sales from the day I left, and it literally like this... not wow. You know, mm-hmm. each week, down, 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 it never came back up. Imagine Magic Johnson owning Carmelou with that yeah. group. Like, did...
0: You know what, like were there any grandiose ideas that like were really impressive for like the revamp
3: i mean the sad thing is we like once they shut us down there was, was no like, there was yeah no, so like it was really just getting getting up and going but i remember that week i i think i stayed at dame's house mm. just being out there man it was just like surreal i'm like yeah. i'm gonna lose this fucking company that i fucking built yeah you know and i'm like and and like i don't
2: you know were you sad or were you in the mode of a businessman and trying to save the company or was it some mixture
3: i think it was like i, I had adrenaline i mean i wound yeah. up getting really sick and i think actually part of the thing why because my wife was kind of like like you fought but you didn't fight the way you normally fight mm-hmm. like you know like if i ever did that again i'd see you motherfuckers coming a mile away and that would never happen okay but i didn't know a lot of stuff too about mm-hmm. like law and i i learned the hard way about how debt and law and all that works but yeah. um you know i was also getting this autoimmune disease which i wound up like a year later being in the hospital for a month and um Yeah, so I was exhausted. Mm. And you know, we had made a couple other moves prior where because the the before they they called the note, they started doing things to us like I had six hundred thousand dollars in old inventory. Mm -hmm. So in the agreement with these guys, I had to get permission to sell anything over three hundred thousand dollars. I didn't even know that. Again, I made lots of stupid mistakes, right? And I put I shouldn't have even borrowed the forty million to begin with, because if we hadn't done some other things, we wouldn't need it. So I'm not passing blame however was totally a manufactured disaster I think, right
1: like, isn't that like kind of what most people say or i think you've said it in the past where it's like the the real downfall of karma loop wasn't like the business growing it was just trying to do too many different business ventures within karma loop at mm-hmm. one time and it just all kind of like the house of cards just kind of fell out
3: yeah i mean I'll, I'll i'll address that in a sec but yeah. like the um so they're like no yeah i'm like no I'm like, every fucking company, you want us to hold on to old inventory? What is your reasoning? So then I knew like they're trying to fuck me. This was like seven months or so. I'm like, okay, something's going on. I'm getting paranoid. I'm like, they're putting, they're hiring people that, they're making me hire these consultants to be in the company and like, know and it's costing us i'm like we're we're struggling here why are you making me spend more money like like you know and that's a like talking to jimmy ivine and other people who have been through like private equity Mm -hmm. this is totally typical but i didn't know yeah i didn't know what's going on but the question there is that didn't kill us Mm -hmm. certainly may we if we had gotten a partner with good faith who had invested 40 million and i didn't borrow it and by the way i borrowed it because the interest rates were really low and other, other investors are like, we don't want to get diluted because it's going to be worth a billion dollars. Borrow the money. If the money was inv- that money was invested, that money's gone. It's a sunk cost. And mm-hmm. the company just goes on and the company's making money and there's nothing they can do. Cause we did have to pull the plug on a bunch of stuff. But I mean, in retrospect, having started worked at PhaseClan and starting Xet, yeah. I was like, yeah, you know, we got to pull the plug. It's doing $5 million or $6 million. This is like Har- Brick Harbor, which is our skate site, or Miss KL, which is our all-women's site. You did, nasty- did
1: Boylston Trading
3: Company, too. Yeah, that was a disaster. <laughs> I remember that. <laughs> yeah. Frank, Fra- uh, Frank the Frank Butcher. The Butcher. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I mean, it was great conceptually, art-wise, yeah. but that one we never really... But these other ones were, in and of themselves, were businesses doing Booming, millions yeah. of dollars. But like, you know, Karma Loop's doing this, and so we're like, oh, we don't have the time. But now knowing how hard it is to get... Even getting a business to $6, 7000000 is like... Yeah. We probably could have done something differently, but you know, hindsight's twenty twenty. I'm, you know, I'm here. I learned a lot. I had an amazing. I mean, I have so many other crazy stories. Yeah. The. I wish we had all day, but stay here all day. yeah, yeah. <laughs> we got to turn the lights down, man. It's hot. Yeah.
0: What's, what's another story that sticks out? I feel like you do have like a, yeah. a, a pamphlet, a book of crazy stories. I'm, I'm going to write a book at some point. Yeah. Sure. But which one, like you got to write the
3: forward. Got you. All what right. was it like
0: working like with Pharrell? But I know that's probably yeah. not a crazy story. Oh, look, Pharrell's
3: awesome. I mean, yeah. You know, we're still in touch. Mm-hmm. Uh, not very often. Cause he's yeah. a pretty busy guy these yeah. days. Um, I mean, Pharrell is a genius. Yeah. How'd you meet him? uh so here, here's a good story with pharrell yeah this is this is so and i hope he's not like thinks this is sharing tea or something but mm-hmm. i but i mean i i think it was great we we bonded up there so he had a he had an event called Kidult, which was like a i remember that non-profit yeah. you know and all of us have had times where financial times that mm-hmm. are tough i mean now he's probably a billionaire but like mm-hmm. we were all going ups and downs mm-hmm. or whatever and basically like Kidult had their sponsor pull out Last minute. So they needed like forty five thousand bucks or something like that. And they were fucking scrambling because like mm-hmm. it's two days away. We can't, we don't want to cancel on all these kids. So he got my number from someone. Like, yeah, so I'm right near here. I'm walking on the street and I pick up the phone like hello. Like, yo, what's up? This is Pharrell. I'm like, ah, yeah, right. And then he's like, no, no, this this is really Pharrell. We wind up talking. He's like, look, man, I know this is a crazy question, yeah. but like I need 45K. I need a sponsor. Can Carmel write a check for 45K? And I'm like, Oh, yeah, of course. Yeah. And he's like, when do you need it? He's like, tomorrow. Wow. <laughs> and I'm like, all right, Well, overnight. Was, we, we weren't doing a lot of wires. I'm like, all right, we'll overnight you check. I'll call the office. I'm in New York, bro. So we did that. And then we just started becoming friends. And then we had this concept for a TV channel, which... Carmel Loop TV. I remember it. Yeah. Yeah. You know which one I
0: remember about Carmel Loop TV, which is a real deep cut? I remember 40-ounce van in a bodega, like the original chopped cheese before it was like anything the first like a reporting on it yeah the first like reporting on chopped cheese before any of the sites was a common loop tv with 40 ounce van i remember that yeah
3: i mean we have some real classic moments there um has been on it i mean kid cudi yeah we had him we booked him for a party for 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 five hundred dollars. Wow! Wow! <laughs> He—if you look at the the on YouTube and you look at the Carmelob store opening when we redid mm-hmm. it, he's there. He's like, "Yo, I'm Kid but He's like, like ten years old. Mm. But yeah, I mean, the 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 Car-M-Loop TV thing would have worked, right? Mm-hmm. It was YouTube, and then unfortunately, I don't know how I got I got in touch with an executive at AMC because cable was dying, yeah. right? And so they're thinking like, and she's great too. I, I have like nothing but love for everyone, and, and obviously Pharrell it's like amazing to watch him mm-hmm. like he's he's great even when i was at phase a little bit i he was at jimmy you ID went to his so, wedding right yeah i went to his wedding yeah. how was that it was awesome yeah <laughs> i have some stories about that too <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
4: did,
3: it was at the it was, dude i'm all good to no, have ADD. <laughs> but what was i talking about first and then i'll get to the yeah break. you were
2: talking about the exec from amc
3: oh yeah so like somehow i got introduced to her and they're like cable's like we're, we're fucked right we need and so we said like let's take carmel to you what's on online and let's put it on cable i had no belief in cable mm. the concept was like i always like to try to zig when other people are zagging yeah. and i'm like at the time cable still i'm like cable's done i'd say stuff in in meetings like comcast executives. they'd be like, <gasps> like mm. i need water because mm-hmm. i was like dude hbo is going to go direct watch they're going to mm-hmm. go to direct and the guy's like we would never let them go direct they need us i'm like uh, we'll see yeah um Max. but so basically the, my thinking was like we actually have discussions going on with the highest levels of all these cable providers let's get caramel tv on there and then we'll go backwards get the you know the all these households and then bring it back on to to digital it was so hard to get it on there we spent so much money and pharrell and i put like our life into this heart and soul and essentially it was down to revolt in us at the end um and revolt got the spot and and at that point i couldn't continue and they were like comcast is like look let us do revolt and then we'll do you guys next because yeah. we had a different concept. But I was like, I can't, I can't spend another twelve million this year to to, to yeah. produce nothing but but like decks, yeah. you Damn. know. So it is what it is. But what was the question? The was Pharrell's it? wedding. Uh, yeah. So Pharrell's wedding was at the Botanical Garden in um, in Miami. Beautiful wedding. Mm-hmm. Helen's awesome. Mm-hmm. They got, a, I think they got four kids, triplets, and then mm-hmm. Rocket. Um, you know, it was typical Pharrell style, like super beautiful but not super flashy. Everyone at the wedding got um, Tom's shoes at the end. Like you, I think some people were wearing them around. I don't know if they had you wearing them around or whatever. Yeah. Um, it was low key. You know, Buster Rhymes was there. Mm-hmm. Q Tip was the DJ. I remember at one point there was a guy who was dressed like the Mad Hatter walking around. <laughs> um, I think it might be the guy who, do, who does like the circus out in L uh, out in L A. What's his name? He's friends with Steve Aoki. I don't know. Way. Well, they he, they did all the stuff in mm-hmm. the in the uh, in the in the Miley Cyrus video where they had little people, um, you know, kind of mm-hmm. dancing and whatever. Um, and it was, and he was sort of like a showman whatever, but he was dressed as a Mad Hatter. I'm thinking like, this is a guy who's like there uh, for, for like entertainment, entertainment, but it was like his friend. So I'm like, and he's like, <laughs> he's off the on best his, man. Yeah, he was off yeah. on his <laughs> own doing stuff. Um, it may not even have been him, but I remember one point I was with my wife. I'd only met Nigo one time before. Okay. And he was like in traditional Japanese dress. And I don't mm-hmm. know if it was his wife. She was a, so I, I I was excited to talk to Nigo. So yeah. I'm up. I'm like talking him, talking and talking like all this stuff, and then. And he's just like nodding. I'm like, I'm like, I'm telling my wife like he's not really saying much. Like I don't know if he's like digging what I'm saying or whatever. Yeah. And Pharrell comes by. He's like, you know, he doesn't understand anything you're oh, saying. Man. I mean, he speaks English, but I talk very fast, <laughs> okay. right? So I'm just going, 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 going. And he's just like, <laughs> he's looking at you like the
2: Mad
1: Hatter. Yeah,
3: he's, he's like, who's this fucking <laughs> <laughs>
0: bringing up the original bait
3: camo and yeah. stuff? <laughs> but uh, no, it was really cool. It was fun. kind of a
1: random nice. deep cut. but just wanted to get a story on it. I remember uh, early on. Kelly Karloff was like the face yeah. of the brand and, Kelly. and everyone, she was like the OG, like karma loop girl. Like, how did she come into the
3: mix? I mean, we had a lot of models that actually went on to like the, the girl was, um, the woman who was the Miss America, mm. uh, she's super from Rhode Island. I can't remember her name. Anyway, she, she got really big. She dated Seth MacFarlane at one point. Okay. Um, she was one of our models. We got, I see all the time still. I mean, it's getting a little dated now or it's almost nine years ago, but sometimes I would. You know, pick up Vogue or whatever, and be someone who started as a model and a caramel. She was a friend of a friend, I guess, yeah. and she was kind of like the first. This was like kind of pre-influencer, yeah. um And then there was this. She was site. like
1: the ick girl in like streetwear at the at the time. For totally. Like, I mean,
3: she had signed autographs. She walked down the street. You're wow. like, you're the Carmel loop girl. I mean, it was kind of sad. I mean, it's like we see it now all the time, but at the time, I'm like, what the fuck? There was a site called The Dirty. I don't know if it's still around then there was another site like are are you awake Mm -hmm. and they were just like trashing her no no Mm -hmm. reason just being misogynistic. it was like that era yeah Yeah, and they were just like you know terrible things she was not taking it well Mm -hmm. and i remember being like look you gotta not read that shit. these Mm -hmm. guys are incels they're losers Mm -hmm. like don't worry about it and it was really it was really i've seen that over and over again now and obviously it's on steroids nowadays but it was it was tough but she she was yeah i don't know what she's up to now but she was definitely in the face
0: just to get back to a little nostalgia we mentioned it briefly but i remember the parties in magic creative recreation like owned the it was the encore i believe when yeah. i was young but talk about the creative recreation boom because i feel like we're gonna have a lot of listeners we, those
3: parties were with carmel were they yeah. okay
0: talk about the creative recreation boom i remember i was a my intern interview to get to complex i, work I think for i'm Native gonna Re- take this off guys. go for it yeah.
3: my you should call the show like the the complex sneaker sauna yeah well, we have, the, <laughs> we have the, bright, the wooden
0: we have the wooden panels in yeah,
1: here so lights. we're not too far off yeah, yeah. the bright lights are, are high. i could probably beat yeah. you with like the
3: i just wanted to like show there we go ah, yeah. okay um wait what were we talking about the creative
0: recreation boom yeah. like i feel like y- you guys were really big part of that but like then i remember later like just at hitting new york yeah. and like Jim I don't know if it was Jimmy Jazz but like I, yeah. I worked at King's Plaza Mall and you would see Creative Recreation yeah. talk about for people that may not remember the Creative Recreation sneaker boom
3: well I think it's similar to the super thing by yeah. the way we had a we had a shoe that we did we just did a colorway called the Supra Banana okay and we, we would was it, was it yellow yeah it was, ye- it was all yellow <laughs> very, very sharp nice. yeah. <laughs> nice. that's why you have this guy on the see, show look at it. he's the he's astute commentator commentator on culture um <laughs> so so uh yeah no the Creative rec stuff was dope it was always like two-tone shit yeah i mean like i said at that time not everyone was wearing nikes mm-hmm. you, you know puma had a little moment for a while they brought back the suede mm-hmm. and then this other weird shoe that was like had velcro all over mm-hmm. but i mean it was more distributed i mean new balance was like a distant fourth, and now new balance i think is number two in the world after nike right they surpassed adidas i'm not sure not quite no
0: still lagging a
2: little bit yeah
3: but anyways, they're, 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 and they're putting out a ton of heat. I mean, of course, look at of this course.
0: stuff. Well, Creative Rec just printing money for you guys.
3: Yeah, I, and they've eventually, you know. Yeah. Look, the other thing that I, I like, you know, want people to understand is like, we, Karma Loop still exists, mm-hmm. yeah. 24 years old. We had a run of, the 15 years I was there, 14 years we were crushing it. Yeah. The one year where it went bad, and again, I'm happy to talk about anything, I'm yeah. totally open about it. But like, to do that in fashion, It's not typical, tough, almost every brand from Barney's Mm -hmm. to, uh, to, I mean, Brooks Brothers, a hundred years old, they just, you know, went bankrupt. It's very typical that a retailer or goes bankrupt within a couple years. years because you have one bad season and that's not what killed us, but generally what happens to other people, they have one bad season. They're like, Oh shit, we got a million dollars tied up in inventory. What do we do? Yeah. Right. And they have to, you know, liquidate it. And then they get, let's say, 50,000 out of that million, they're in big trouble.
1: Did you feel like uh, Zoomies and Sun were trying to steal your sauce at that moment?
3: Yeah, yeah. I mean, both those stores were very different at mm-hmm. that time. I mean, Zoomies was much more skate.
1: Yeah.
3: Sun was like a surfer, California, like a kind of an American Eagle. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I definitely think they learned a lot from us. I, I wouldn't say, you know, as looks, it's just the same thing. Like when people talk about like, oh, if they ban TikTok, what's going to happen? Well, another company is going to take their you know obviously yeah. youtube shorts whatever same thing with carmel when when carmel went you know started going way down zoomies and paxon and other other stores picked up the the slack for the demand for the clothes now they didn't bring the culture stuff that we brought but yeah
0: in the current day kind of commerce whether it's brick and mortar or online who do you look at like they're really crushing it
3: well i, I like hidden new york i mean they're they're definitely mm-hmm. different than carmel they're yeah. not a store necessarily but they but they you know they're, they're they have very artistic like ig posts and they've
0: harnessed like the ig account to a product now
3: yeah well, this is a collab that my company just did with pleasures mm-hmm. i mean i think pleasures has embodies some of it yeah. you know and uh you know we just did this we released some stuff with them in japan recently um at most i mean concepts mm-hmm. uh bodega's still kicking yeah. they have la i mean the, the, that that lives on um but yeah, I mean, like, I don't think anyone's exactly the, We were very yeah. I mean, look, we we did live streams in 2012. There was only one company in the world called called that did allowed you to live stream for the internet. It was called Livestream. Mm-hmm. That, yeah. That's how early it was. Yeah. And we, you know, we used to do these freak-a-thon things, which would be these 24 hour streams, it was just like total debauchery and madness. Mm-hmm. But we'd sell like two, three million dollars wow. worth of stuff. And the traffic we were getting was like because they did like Fox News the streaming, whatever and we could see the thing. We'd be like the number one. We'd surpass Fox News and CNN. Because I mean, it was early days. The, yeah. Because our site was one of the most visited sites in the world. Yeah. And we just put the the the, the, the streaming uh, you know interstitial right there, and people you go on the site, and then people just say, what the it. fuck is this craziness? Yeah. And yeah. They start watching
2: it. Can you talk about what's going on with Exa and just explain to people what you've been up to in the past few years?
3: Yeah, because I think it, I think it's really important because mm-hmm. you know basically I kind of transitioned to the gaming world, but obviously brought my love of you know streetwear yeah. and sneaker culture. There's a lot of similarities here, but it's like some people, you know, because their world was streetwear, they're like, where did you go? Yeah. I was living out in West Hollywood and I basically um, had a company called Wander Set mm-hmm. was basically a drop ship thing where we're using mm-hmm. influencers to sell product. Right. Mm-hmm. And I like smoke perp. We just, you know, just, okay. I know a lot of folks, so I yeah. we're pulling them in and like, I wanted to use other folks besides just musicians, DJs and, and, athletes mm-hmm. and i've been seeing all the stuff about these gamers i like kind of like what's next who have millions of fucking banks. fans fans yeah. banks and those guys and they weren't esports. i wasn't really a big esports. sports mm-hmm. guy that's cool but but you know it's just like they, they were like the next cultural movement they were like kind of remind me of a hip-hop artist or whatever yeah. they were rock stars so i had asked these guys from phase to to to, to do, do so they were initially going to do like this stuff on my site. got to know the guys they're both from the two founders both from boston originally and so like, I was like, oh, I love this. So we merged companies. I worked there for two and a half years, co-ran the business. Um, obviously, they have, they've had some challenges. Mm-hmm. Uh, I left at the peak, which was, thank God, it was, <laughs> I learned some lessons yeah, from the <laughs> from right. the past. Uh, and I, I, I made a lot of money there. It was, it, was a, it was a good experience overall. I mean, at the time, it was pretty stressful dealing with those guys. Yeah. But overall, and I really got into this new culture, right? And yeah. Will Eddins, who's the co-founder of Exa. Mm-hmm. He was the head of merch there, and we started doing collabs with Champion and Bearbrick, and uh, and then Aaron Levant went, started working yeah. with us a little mm-hmm. bit. Um, he gets, you know, he's the homie, and like, so we were bringing streetwear culture to gaming, right? Yeah. I mean, we did stuff with Siberia Hills, small brands, big brands. We did a, like a uh, like a thing where we bought a ton of Supreme blanks and printed on them um and then the chairman of the board of supreme called me he's like i'll let this slide i happen to know him okay. and he's like he's like because we wrote supreme team okay uh, in it, their font not in their font but i mean it was their blank and we said we just said their supreme shirts okay we, did, we didn't say they were collab we just said we said they printed on Accurate. genuine supreme yeah. blanks yeah um and he's just like don't ever do that again i'm like okay. don't worry we won't um but but like so we were doing cool creative stuff and that you know we took that business from they had zero and and sales and the year I left, we did 10 million, to 14 million overall. This is phase. Phase, yeah. But ultimately, like phase wasn't my brand, mm-hmm. and like to me, I've always been, you know, wasn't a very diverse place. There were, you know, there's three billion people the game worldwide, 45 percent of them were women. Like mm-hmm. coming from the world that we come from, it's all different kinds of people. It's mm-hmm. just, it's just, a, it was just a different vibe. And you know, Carmel was always had a kind of a positivity, and there was sort of, a, in my opinion, a little bit of a negative edge there. And I just didn't want to do that anymore. Mm-hmm. So we left and started like, why don't we start our own thing in our, in our image, the way we want to do it. Yeah. Right. So, so Will and I and Clinton Sparks, who was, who was get familiar. Yeah, yeah. Get familiar. Yep. Uh, we're at face Clan at the time. I basically just engineered my exit, sold all my yeah. equity, great exit for me. And then we said, look, I said, look, I'll leave because the, the the founder and I weren't getting along great. And so, I said, look, I'll go. I want to start my own thing, but I got to be able to compete. So yeah. we worked that all out. So we launched exit on the cover of the style section of the New York times uh in 2020 in the middle of a pandemic. Yep. <laughs> we really plant our flag in the ground say, like we're gonna be really lifestyle, right? Gaming, gaming's the center, just the way skateboarding is the center of Supreme, but Supreme does stuff with Mob Deep and Louis Vuitton and yeah. the Muppets. Like we want to be that nexus between music, fashion, art, entertainment, but through a gaming lens. Um, and so, you know, we had some esports over time we've basically evolved to really just be this sort of like content lifestyle commerce I mean we've done we've done stuff with the NFL. We've mm. done stuff with um you know the, the the Red Sox, we've done stuff we have a partnership with Breakaway Music Festival, so mm-hmm. there's a gaming setup. You know, we've done, you know, Ozuna's part of it. So okay. it was, we did, you know, we did collab merch with him. He's he's an investor. Mm-hmm. Um T Grizzly's an investor, Sway Lee's oh, an T. investor. Gr-
2: our guy T Grizzly? Yeah. yeah
3: t grizzly's a, a, a gamer yeah he's yeah. crushing it for us i yeah. love t grizzly um i mean he's doing it on his own but like we we work with him and like he just played we just had a party out of twitchcon he, he he did it we actually have gaming uh lounges first time ever in nightclubs right oh, so wow. if you go to dre's nightclub and Vegas. you guys should you know i'll get you a free one but okay. generally you're gonna pay more money for it
2: okay
3: we, if you want to rent say it, that
2: again just so we have it yeah, yeah it free record. i'll get you a free one
3: for like Twenty minutes. Okay, <laughs> uh,
2: <no>. but be uh, <laughs> bas- playing Fortnite in the club. Yeah, yeah. yeah you, you rent a
3: gaming cabana. It's an exec cabana. It's yeah. got all our branding. It's good, and basically you, it's cost more money because it's got gaming. You just game and drink and fall in the pool. I'm
0: down. There you go. But yeah, T
3: does GTA. He's amazing. Yes.
0: yes. He's like great at it, right?
3: He's great. And he's just as big a gamer as he is a rapper. A rapper in terms of like his status. Are you
2: playing games? Like, what's your game of choice right now?
3: My game of choice is making gaming culture happen. People ask me a lot of times in interviews. Obviously, I've played Fortnite, I've played Call of Duty. I mean, I don't want to date myself to talk about the games that I. I mean, (laughs)
2: I'll. I'll go right there with you. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah.
3: But I mean, I gamed my whole life. I never mm-hmm. considered myself a gamer. And that's kind of one of the reasons why I was fascinated with it. It's like what we think of as a gamer, like, you know, a hardcore like kid in his basement, you yeah. know, who's just, you know, yep. you know, really, really like technically into gaming. It's not what a gamer is anymore. Every athlete, everyone in the yeah. NBA, yes. they're all fucking gamers. Yes. We have DeAndre Aeton's part of X right? We're talking to a really big football star. I mean, we have Ezekiel Elliott's an investor. Mm-hmm. Um uh, I don't know if I'm allowed to say this, but Rich is an investor. Okay, <laughs> uh, um, You guys didn't even know that, so there yeah. was no conflict. Yes. <laughs> um, yeah. You know, Quality Control is an investor. Okay. Lil <laughs> Wayne's an investor. Yeah. So like all these, and they all come at it from a genuine, authentic love of gaming. Uh, you know, uh, some guys from 300 Entertainment. Mm-hmm. I could go on and on. Hopefully, yeah. whoever I forgot doesn't mean I don't love you as much. There we go. I do, but I have, you know, limited brain capacities. Yes. Bear with <laughs> right. me. Um, but yeah, so it's really building. A lot of it's kind of feels like karma loop now a lot more of our money comes from like doing brand deals and activations mm-hmm. but we've done you know we did clap, we've done a collab with clot okay we did this
2: we just had Edison Edison on, chin, uh, here yeah. a couple yeah. weeks ago
3: i think nick's wearing the clot there we go uh, um nice. and yeah we I, go. Ma- I mentioned that because of that and edison's the homie like mm-hmm. we're, we're pulling in the folks that we work with yeah. you know dennis T- dennis tedisco now dennis tedisco we haven't done anything with it but hey dennis well we should Shout talk to dennis but dennis big Den- gamer yeah
2: Real gamer, is he really? Oh, yeah,
3: I, that was the side of him I didn't EXP even know. Pack, but, yeah, tap uh, in, yeah. All right, good. We should sign him, <laughs> yeah. Um,
2: <laughs> although I did, um, I did just just so we're being honest about his credentials, I did knock him out of the semifinal oh, round of a Golden go. N64 tournament recently. So well, I
3: can tell with that, this mustache again, <laughs> yeah. See, it's his bag. So Dennis Calvero from Crooks, Crooks works yeah. with us. Um, you know, we we did a capsule with uh Ganga, the tattoo artist, mm-hmm. uh, in this fall um clicks is our biggest start so clicks is like the next mr beast in my okay. opinion he's different he's uh just turned 19 super fucking cool kid good style he's got a, a clothing brand called Dreamin. okay he's doing a million dollars a year in his clothing oh. and his sleep right oh. we're gonna help him like really uh you know you know is that he, why
2: it's called Dreamin?
3: i guess so good point there yeah he's just counting the money in his bananas head. um yeah, yeah. <laughs> quick here he's got he's he's giving you a run for the money in terms of the uh in terms of the the astute yeah.
1: observations i guess a good full circle moment on it is you know a few weeks ago karma loop gets back in the buzz circle again yeah. D. Yeah. Omen has a tweet saying we can put it right here we talked mm. about it earlier yeah. uh, paraphrases that remember y'all were wearing karma loop fits back in the day i didn't forget Mm-hmm. which was i guess a negative it was a diss yeah yeah how did you feel about that and then everyone coming to bat to defend karma loop all
3: of a sudden i start getting texts like this was not planned it yeah. was totally out of the blue and i had a lot going on that week so i'm okay. like fuck i gotta i hope this doesn't go anywhere crazy right but you know yo what's up with this stuff on twitter and i'm like what mm-hmm. and then i like I, I they're like just search karma loop on yeah. twitter so i go on it's like i'm like what is going on here we were trent Carmel was trending yeah and i'm like i don't know who that kid is. Mm-hmm clearly he learned his history very quickly <laughs> um no 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 shade on him but mm-hmm. like you know it was it was nice to see i mean there were some really heartfelt stories yeah there were some folks that were upset about stuff that i actually got in contact with and i was like look this is what happened okay you know this idea that a lot of these guys lost money almost none of the brands lost money now some of them lost the last payment <laughs> mm-hmm. but over the lifetime of the time with we 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 made them tons and tons of money. And unfortunately when there's a bankruptcy, mm-hmm. you know, and I was, I had lost power. Right. And, and I actually, just so you guys know, like any one thing I signed personally, and that was like $10 million worth of stuff, which is the only stuff in a bankruptcy I'm allowed to pay back. I paid it all back. I paid, I lost all my money, every penny I put out. And like, when I start, when I started with this guy named Paul judge, who's an awesome entrepreneur. Paul and I were on complex once before okay. talking. I fucking love the guy. Cause when I was, really in my low mm-hmm. two weeks after the, the leaving and i went to uh to ben horowitz's house out in in silicon valley he has his barbecue and i met paul paul's like all right let's start another business i had no money i mean he yeah. saved my ass right wow. so never will forget that but you know um you know what was i saying again you, you, the conversation uh, the conversation, you oh, conversation. T- okay coming back to uh, you know You're looking at me funny, so you're you're kind of unnerving (laughs) me. I'm just Um, taking it in. So the uh, so yeah so yeah, I mean it's obviously touched a lot of people. And what I I was saying on the brand stuff, like you know, so a lot of people got you know at the very end there was three million dollars in unpaid invoices, and those people didn't get that three million. It was spread out amongst Mm the 140, and that's the worst part. It kills me. Yeah, there was like there must have been like 150 customers who also just got wiped out. And that's what these guys were like, they didn't give a fuck. And I'm like, I remember telling them like, guys, do you understand? This is a fashion lifestyle business. You cannot do this (laughs) and expect the brand not to be completely killed. But overall, I mean, we, I think as you could see from the response, we've made people a lot of money. We've done a lot of good things. People had some really good experience. I thought what, it was really great to see what Leah said and Scott Sasso yeah. and, and even the hundreds guys. Cause like mm-hmm. now we're like old men, like mm-hmm. yeah, remember those days yeah, when we no. weren't working together. Um, you know uh, it was, it was just amazing. Everyone in that article that you guys wrote, mm-hmm. that was, it was, it was really nice. And there was just some fun. Like I was getting a lot of people DMing me like, bro, I don't know what, didn't know what happened, but like, I, I was like a 14 year old kid and I, and I sent you an email and you got back to me and this is what it meant to me. So it was good to see all that. Cause when I left, I was just like, yeah. I got to walk away and yeah. not think about this. Cause I mean, I lost my baby. It was, it was, you know, I can laugh about it now, but it was like, I was, I, I stood on the, I live on the 19th floor. I stood on the edge of the thing. And I was like, I mean, I wasn't really going to do it, but it's yeah. like, kind of like when you're hopeless and you don't wow. know what to do. I'm like, I should just fucking jump off wow. the, you know, I wasn't gonna do it, so I'm right. not like playing some card, but mm-hmm. it, it was I did actually go do that because I was so like Let like go. symbolically, what do I do? Yeah. Right. So it was super painful, but like, you know, I think first of all, America loves a comeback. Mm-hmm. So uh, I knew a lot of people have always been rooting for me. It was good to see mm-hmm. like how many. Um I think the folks that you know, someone like Scott who lost some money at the end, mm-hmm. I thought his his comment, from yeah, Scott, his yeah. vision on it, like, look, yeah. I didn't like that, but we made a ton of money. I hope that's how most yeah. of the people see it and you got to understand in a business, it's a business, right? Yeah. And you can't always, you, the reason why you bet on a business is because you're hoping you're going to be the ones that win, but most businesses go out of business, yeah. most businesses don't succeed. Most clothing companies don't succeed. Uh, you know, for every Nike that has the, you know, has the, like the movie air, there's a yeah. million other shoe companies that we don't have movies about because, you know, they got going and they couldn't, couldn't get it off the ground. So I'm super proud of what we did. Um. It's great to see that it's still around. I don't love sort of the condition that it's in right yeah. now, but you know, with Exit like, and all the stuff we're we're doing with a lot of the folks that uh, you know, Will Eddins, the co-founder, was our buyer, and, yeah, uh, and he was with me at Phase, he was with me at Wanderstadt. So many of the the folks that you know, Drew Drew uh, McCarver, who's just going to come on now to do some design with us, he was a designer at karma loop then he was at water then he was at phase clan mm. then he just was uh at the i think the head designer planes for okay. two years like there's so many stories of like people who either were uh customers like you look at mm. look at where you've gone in here life go. it's all because of karma loop oh, here here we go. Go. Um, or people who worked with us or brands that like it helped launch their career or helped was a small part in launching their yeah. career so that was that's that's a good feeling but like to me it's like my best days are ahead of me. Like exit's got to be the.
2: I thought th- you said earlier that this was the pinnacle.
3: Well, what the I, show? I, yeah. I, I plateaued.
2: <laughs> okay. there okay. Yeah. we go.
3: <laughs> There's still good days ahead. Yeah, <laughs> but this was pretty. This was pretty good. Among the best. Yeah, I mean it's the uh, it's the witty banter, like right? You know, that yeah, different. Yeah.
0: Listen, so much history. Thank you so much for giving us uh, yes. your time. Mm-hmm. Great, great to see you. And uh, yeah, yeah, I gotta throw up the exit, baby. Absolutely. This was a real treat. Thank Thanks. you, Greg. Appreciate, Appreciate it. it. All right, everyone. This has been the Complex Sneaker Show. We hope everyone has a great weekend. Please like, subscribe, comment. We will
3: see you next week. Follow me at S-E-L-K-O-E, at S-E-L-K-O-E, and follow X at, at xset on everything. There
0: you go. Our producer is Jillian Hardman Webb. Our supervising producer is David Matthews. Audio editing done by Haley Choi. Research and graphics from Sean Villavicencio. The Complex Sneaker Show is a production of the Complex Podcast Network.